Right now I'm sitting at a park. It's 100 degrees outside. I'm actually in my car recording this podcast. We're getting some work done at our house. And so because of the pandemic, which by the way, I'm really tired of talking about. Seems like I mention that all the time, but alas, we're still in it. It is August 2020. But anyway, we're getting work done on our house. And so I really wanted to record this podcast. And so I went out in my car sitting in a park but it's 100 degrees, as I just said, outside. And so, yeah, it's too hot to be outside. AC's running in the car, so if this episode sounds a little bit different, it's probably because of that. Don't think I've ever recorded audio sitting in a car like this before. Shouldn't sound too bad, though. I'm using a good microphone, and yeah, I will EQ it. Let's not get too technical here, but I have that power. But today I wanted to talk about something I've been thinking about recently, and that is why I don't really use mobile devices as my main filmmaking tools. My YouTube channel is called The iPhoneographers. I'm a huge proponent of mobile filmmaking, yet I use all kinds of traditional cameras, even on my YouTube channel. And I don't have a problem with that. Hey guys, Blake Calhoun and another episode of Almost Professional, the podcast about mobile filmmaking, DIY filmmaking, indie filmmaking, really all things filmmaking. And today, yeah, I want to talk about mobile filmmaking, which is a passion of mine. If you follow this podcast and my YouTube channel, you know that. But I don't use mobile filmmaking tools all the time. And sometimes I kind of wonder whether I should or not. But I know why I don't, and I'll get to that in a minute. I thought about this for a while, and then I really started thinking about it after I interviewed Vadim, the founder of Bscript, and he explained, and I kind of knew this already, that they use iPhones exclusively when they make their videos. Now, the thing is, they don't make that many videos. They don't do a YouTube channel like I do, where I do weekly content, consistent content on a weekly basis, week in and week out, month in and month out. And I've been doing it for, I think since 2018, I'm talking about weekly videos. I've had my YouTube channel since 2012. The first six years or so, I put a video up maybe once a month, or maybe sometimes I would do a couple in a row, then I would take six months off. I think I took a year off at one point. But then in 2017, I made my short film, Casey's Favorite Song, and I shot that with the iPhone 6S, and I really, really started concentrating on mobile video and mobile filmmaking and the YouTube channel. And then in 2018, the beginning of 2018, it's when I did my 20 short films in 20 days, all shot on an iPhone 8 Plus. And from then on, I started doing weekly content. And so here's what I figured out. For me, using mobile filmmaking tools, and what I'm talking about obviously really is my iPhone, it's not something I can count on 100% day in and day out. That's pretty much the gist of it. Now let me explain. When I use my Sony a6400 or my Blackmagic pocket cinema camera or a RED camera, which we have at my studio, or I also have a Canon XC10, and then on the post-production side, I've got an iMac and I've got a MacBook Pro. 
I also have a PC, but I don't use that for editing. I don't know why people use PCs for editing. I used to use the PC for editing, but man, I've gone back and forth with those over the years and Windows 10 is just terrible. It's just so bad for video editing. I don't understand why people use it. I'm on a little tangent here, but I understand why people used to use it on the animation side, especially because they were faster you could do a render farm. But for daily video editing, I just can't stand a PC. Sorry, that's just the truth. End of little rant there. Now back to my other rant. And so everything I just mentioned, the traditional gear, the traditional cameras and the laptop, I can count on those pretty much 24 seven, 365 days a year. Now, yes, they'll have issues here and there, but for the most part, when I need them to work, they work. I can't say that about my smartphone or my iPad. Now my iPad does work very well, but using editing apps like LumaFusion, etc., they just don't work consistently enough for me. And again, I'm someone who makes my living as a filmmaker. I do a weekly YouTube video, sometimes two videos. I do this podcast, and then I do client work on top of that. And then I do my indie film work and web series work. And so everything I do to make money is geared around filmmaking. And I have to have reliable gear. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think Filmic Pro and LumaFusion and other apps like Mavis and I mean, you name it, they are excellent products and they're getting better every single year. Now, of course, they are married to the hardware. So a lot of their consistency or reliability depends on Apple. And the Apple hardware has gotten really good, really, really good. But it's not good enough for daily use, at least for what I do. It's just not. And I'll give you an example. The other day I was working on a video and I was using Filmic Pro and I was using my iPhone 11 Pro Max and I was switching between lenses and I had the white balance preset on daylight. Now, you would think that when you are switching from one camera to the other, and again, you're on a daylight preset, that it would keep the white balance consistent. It's not an auto white balance, it's on daylight preset. And yes, I understand it's software based. And so when you switch a camera, then it's hardware. And so it's switching between the two different lenses and actual cameras. But when you do that in Filmic Pro, the white balance doesn't hold. And so when you're running and gunning, meaning you're running around shooting B-roll and you're not paying attention necessarily to the precise white balance, because again, you've got it set and then you get back to start editing and you see that the white balance starts shifting all over the place, almost like it was an auto white balance, that really your work up, okay? <laughs> now again, I'm not blaming Filmic Pro or Apple or anything. I'm just saying these are the issues you have to deal with when you are working not only on deadlines, but with these devices all the time. Another example would be with LumaFusion when I'm doing post-production. Again, I love LumaFusion and I love that ever since iOS 13 and I guess now iPadOS, that you can edit off of a hard drive. Well, you can't edit off a hard drive and that's part of the problem. You can import and do file management off of a hard drive. And so using SSDs is great. But when you have a lot of file management to deal with, it's just not easy. It's just not. If you're doing a short little video, a social media project, it's fine. And again, I know a lot of people use LumaFusion as their main editor, especially people in mobile journalism. And that's great. I'm glad they can do it. 
I haven't wrapped my head around that yet, and I'm trying to. I'm really trying. I need bins, and I need a good way to do media management. And I know you can use the Files app within the iPad and create folders in there, and then you can see them in LumaFusion, and that way it's like you have bins, but it's really not. It's just really not. And then, of course, the other thing is I shoot a ton of footage, and so I'm dealing with sometimes 60, 100 gigabytes of footage, even on a small project. Sometimes I maybe shoot too much B-roll. <laughs> But to import all that into my iPad is a real pain. And I know you don't have to import everything. You can kind of preview the clips, but it just doesn't work the same as it does with Final Cut Pro or with Premiere Pro or using any type NLE on a desktop or laptop. Now again, remember, I'm one of the biggest proponents there are for mobile filmmaking. I love it. I'm just expressing and I guess, again, ranting a little bit about why I can't use these tools all the time. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate. I would love to use my iPhone on everything. Now, of course, there are still limitations with low light in particular, and then shallow depth of field, you can get it, but it's still a little bit tricky. That's not the end all be all, of course, but I do like to be able to isolate a subject and blur out a background. And I have a DOF adapter and all that, and those are great. But again, those aren't something that I can use on a daily basis. I have to really sit down and plan that out. And so when I'm doing my YouTube stuff, that is not what I normally do. A lot of my YouTube stuff is, I mean, I plan the videos, but I don't, how should I say this? A lot of the stuff I do is improvised. And so when you're improvising, that's not only the way I'm shooting it, but also the way I'm saying it, it makes it tricky. You want to have a setup that you don't have to fiddle with. And so ultimately what I do is I use my mobile devices as supplements, especially my iPhone. I use it all the time for B-roll. I shoot a ton of B-roll on my traditional cameras as well, but I also use my iPhone, especially if I'm shooting with two cameras. It comes in really handy. And with various color correction techniques, you can match those pretty well, and they're really indistinguishable. The main difference would be what I mentioned earlier, shallow depth of field, but if you're shooting wide, you really can't tell. And again, I mix in iPhone footage almost in every video I do on YouTube, and I don't think anyone could ever tell, meaning it's mixed in with a Sony A6400, sometimes a RED, sometimes Blackmagic, sometimes Canon. And so, yeah, it works great in that respect. But when I'm using it like that, I'm not having to depend on it 100%. Now again, the latest iPhone 11 has gotten so much better. It is pretty dependable. It doesn't overheat like the previous generation phones. I can't stand the tone mapping though. That's the other thing. I was just in Galveston and I shot a bunch of stuff for a Smooth X gimbal review. And of course I always lock the exposure, lock the white balance, everything I do in Filmic Pro. But shooting in high contrast especially and when you're moving the camera around like you do on a gimbal, man that tone mapping just drives me insane. It just looks like you're adjusting the exposure when you're not. I can't stand it. So for that, if I'm gonna use my iPhone as my main shooting rig, I tend to try to shoot in more controlled environments because then you can limit that tone mapping. But the tone mapping plays into what I'm saying. It just isn't consistent. It's consistent for photography and it gives great dynamic range, don't get me wrong. But when you're shooting video, anything with motion, it just doesn't work. I hope they really fix that in a future version of iOS. So that's really all I wanted to say. Just a mild rant. 
I love iPhone filmmaking. I use it all the time. I love seeing it advance and it is getting better and better each year. I can't wait for the iPhone 12. And maybe one day I will be able to do everything mobile. And again, I'm just being picky because I want my stuff to look good. And I want to also, and this is key, it's got to be easy to work with. It can't cause me a lot of frustration. And that's all gear, by the way. One of my new things I've been thinking about recently is I'm not buying any new gear except the kind that makes my life easier because all the 6K, 8K, 12K, all that bullshit is fine. It's cool, I guess, for certain applications, especially visual effects for what I do for YouTube or for a corporate video or even indie film. It's not necessary at all. Better dynamic range, better highlight roll off, that I'm more interested in. And 6K, 6K is cool, especially if you're gonna master in 4K. We have a red weapon. It's got the dragon sensor. It's a 6K sensor and it looks great. But anything above that right now, again, in 2020 or even 2021, I'm just not interested in. I know they gotta sell cameras and good for them, but I'm super happy with my 4K cameras and, and that includes my iPhones. So what do you guys think? I would love to hear. It's kind of hard for you to comment on a podcast, but hit me up on Twitter or on a YouTube comment. I might actually do a YouTube video on this topic as well because I've been thinking about it. And I'm really curious how people out there use their mobile devices in their daily work, especially people that do this for a living. If you're a hobbyist or just someone using this for travel or doing quick social media bits, everything I just said probably doesn't really affect you because you're just using your phone here and there. You're not using it on a daily basis like I do. That's where it gets tricky because the reliability and the consistency is just not there yet. And speaking of smartphone video and cinematography and everything to do with mobile filmmaking, one way you can support what I do is to enroll one of my courses. And right now I have four courses, one on smartphone cinematography, one on mastering the Filmic Pro app, another one on doing color correction and LumaFusion, and a fourth one on how I made my 20 short films in 20 days. That's called Make a Movie Today. It's not really a course as much as it is a behind the scenes look at how I did that as a filmmaker commentary. The other three are traditional online courses. And by the way, Filmic Pro should be coming out with version seven in the not too distant future. And so when that happens, I will be creating a new course or updating my course depending on how much the app changes. And so be on the lookout for that. And I've been quietly working on, no pun intended, a new audio course, an audio course for mobile devices, which that is a question I get on my YouTube channel all the time. And so look for that. I was trying to get it done this summer, but summer is getting away from me. So it'll probably be sometime this fall. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. I hope that made sense today. And again, I love mobile filmmaking. I really do. I mean, again, my YouTube channel is called The iPhoneographers, but I do get frustrated with it and I do want it to get better. And it is. That's the coolest part. This has been another episode of Almost Professional. I'm your host, Blake Calhoun. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you in the next episode.